So I'm the second guest. You're the second, second guest. Sweet. I think it's really funny because that first guest is like pretty obscure, to be honest. I'm not also pretty obscure. We don't have, Come on now. Like, no, but you're not obscure. Like, we both know you individually. Oh, right. All right. You know what I mean? Yep. So what have you been up to? I'm more about this. Jordan, do you have an actual question or should we just ask him what he's been no, up to? No, I actually, yeah, kind of give us an insight, I guess, first, what you're doing. People want to hear about the back pocket. Yep. So maybe you mentioned that a little bit and mm-hmm. then talk about, is it Social Works? Social Works. Yes. Yep. So my name is Andrew and Sarah. I'm the co-founder and co-host of the Back Pocket Podcast, and I'm a media buyer for Social Works. So four years ago, I started the Back Pocket in college, um, and now we've released 290 podcasts and kind of grown a really cool community there. And inside that community um, was this event that Ty been to a few times called Lincoln Drink. And I was in between jobs, just worked a uh, internship at Media Bridge. Uh, advertising here in uh, Minneapolis and I knew I wanted to be in uh, Facebook ads and Instagram ads Google AdWords pretty much just digital marketing and I was doing a lot of organic stuff at MediaBridge so I knew the growth in that company had to come to a close so I was in between jobs and um, met Caleb at a Lincoln drink sat down with him and this was in June uh, no April of 2019 and I asked I'm looking to do back pocket full time. I went to Caleb, sat down on a coffee for him. I'm looking to do back pocket full time. I want to run Facebook ads and make it a ton of money. And Caleb was, I gave him my plan and Caleb looked at it and he's like, how about I just bring you on my team? Um, and it's just Caleb. His t- Caleb is the team. And uh, I'll train you in and you can learn and feel free to leave whenever. So I worked for Caleb for free for three months um, over the summer and had another part-time job to pay the bills then at the end of the three months, I was like, Caleb, this is something I want to be doing um, for an extended period. Is there any way we can work out like a uh, salary? And he's like, absolutely. I'd love to have you on full time. So this was June of 2019. So now I've been working for him for a full year and I'm the lead media buyer. So I do all of like the analytics and the placements of all the Facebook ads, uh, write up reports every single day, show them to Caleb. And then we sit down every morning and we go through them and see how to optimize. I tried to kind of dive into Facebook ads earlier last summer and I probably spent three months. I took a couple like free courses online and stuff and I just never like could get the hang of it, I guess. So it's super interesting to see like you've fully dove into it and I don't know. It's something that I wish I knew how to do just being in like, you know, with my business, I wish I had maybe a, a side sector of where I could, you know, do more ad work. But, um, yeah, it's super interesting. Hey guys, it's Jordan. So of course we had some audio issues and we had about 10 minutes of the podcast we just had to cut out. Um, We just kind of dove more into Facebook ads, but we're going to pick back up here with Andy talking about the Back Pocket podcast and how they have to kind of transition some of their processes now that Declan, his co-host, is moving to Arizona. So for about two minutes, it's going to be a subpar audio because I had to pull him and Tyler's audio from my mic, but then it picks right back up and is good for the rest of the episode. So enjoy like what's been happening because I remember at the beginning of the year it was like super exciting like you'd have all these events and you're you know telling me all these revenue streams and have all these sponsors. pockets we had we had silos ready to tap right you have all these sponsors that you're bringing on and like is all that stuff out the window now are you totally going back to the drawing board or do you even have a plan or like what the fuck is going on yeah dude that's a it's a great question I guess I would start at the end of last year we knew this was inevitable um Declan works a construction job he's an engineer on site and Every so like there's just time frames on each job. So his first job out of college was 
um, at the airport in Minneapolis. So it was a big job, probably the biggest job he may ever be on because it was just that big. And it took him two years to finish, but we knew that job was going to get ended. And the whole time he's telling me, Andrew, there's going to be a couple jobs in Minneapolis. I'll just get relocated. I'm actually looking at one in uptown. I'm looking at one in downtown Minneapolis. Like, if this is going to be a really cool spot, so it'll be even better commute. Um, COVID, COVID strikes and the job ends relatively in the same like four week period. All of the jobs in Minneapolis hadn't started yet. They all get shut down. And then uh, he's sitting on his hands for one week. PCL's the company he works for. They go to him and say, hey, you're, uh, you're gonna get relocated. We're gonna put you down in Tucson. And at this point, we knew it was gonna be like a four or five month thing. Was it any control over that? Or they, is it like? I think he's got more control than he lets on. Okay. But Declan, as you guys know, is a yes man and an ultimate yep. optimist. Like he sees an opportunity to uh, go do something cool, travel, uh, and he's going to say yes to it. So Declan says yes pretty much right away. I feel like he didn't like have any hesitation. Yeah. Uh, he goes down to Tucson. The job takes maybe six months. Um, it's actually finishing up tomorrow, um, and he's going to be home for four or five days. And during this whole time. Declan and I, he'd come back every other month and we'd work on the back pocket. Uh, we record five, six episodes in 72 hours, all of them like two hours long, just an aggressive weekend. Mm -hmm. And usually it's planned on like the 4th of July weekend or Bochella, um, something like big events also happening. So it is just a go, go, go weekend. Sure. Um, very exciting. We're, we continue to figure it out. I'd say in August, we hit a pretty aggressive lull in exhaustion. Uh, like you mentioned, us having the ability to be in the same house and just chop on content. Uh, be as creative as we can and then interact with our guests as much as possible. It's so energizing. Like we get to just tap into the 290 podcasts we recorded, message one person, be like, hey, you go, you want to go to Mill City and record a podcast and uh, have a drone fly over and just go hang out? Yes, yes, yes. That stuff gets kind of put to the back burner because Declan and I are trying to cram in these podcasts that we've recorded three, four weeks prior, pushing them out. They don't feel as exciting anymore. And the creative law was just at an all-time high. We sit down and talk about it and realize the back pocket needs to get bigger. It can't just be, De it can't just be Declan and I. Um, we can only tap into so many industries. We only have so much time. And... It's not going to grow if it's just us. And we've always known this, but we figured we could uh, do it. To, like the way if we do it together, we can just broaden our horizon much more. Um, but in August, we realized this is not the, not the case. At that point, we we're like, how do, we, how do we do what we do best for someone else? And we had met these two girls um, at Alter Fitness, Sydney uh, Kay and Sophie Van Serksum. And ultimate personalities fit in the fitness industry we're on our podcast early in the year and their numbers were just through the roof great so we're like what if they did a podcast together and we go to them pitch them on it they're hesitant they don't know if they want to put out a brand like that they don't know if they want to be attached to us like th this was also right when like call her daddy's going on yeah, yeah. so they're like what are you gonna be like suit guy uh <laughs> do we need to sign like something to make sure you don't screw us over and like when call like, her daddy like blew up for the people in like curious about that the whole backstory was like call her daddy was a brand that came into bar like barstool basically acquired the call her daddy brand and then there was a whole bunch of litigation that happened after the fact where these two girls that ran this podcast probably outpaced like a little bit 
more than what they thought they'd do at Barstool, and they wanted their cut at it, basically. They wanted the intellectual property. They wanted to be able to basically pick up their shop after being built at Barstool and right. then leave. And then there was this whole battle with the two co-hosts, and it was like this whole big thing in the in the podcasting world. Right. And, it, and, and these two girls kind of like looked up to them to a certain degree, knew they didn't want to be as vulgar and aggressive as Caller Daddy, but like kind of like knew that voice was popular and saw themselves in those girls. And they, they were like ch- talking to Declan and I, like making sure we weren't going to be suit guy. We're like, no, we literally just want to like help you explode and have the back pocket in like the lower left corner of the cover art and just be the producers of it. And you guys have full creative freedom, take it and run. We'll do everything behind the scenes and give you guys as much ease as possible. Um, it took about, I'd say six to eight weeks to like do all the stuff for a podcast that we were trying to remember what we did at the beginning. Cause it had been four years now and we're like, all right, we need cover photo. We need intro music. We need an anchor site. We need an Instagram, all the miscellaneous tasks, check all the boxes, released the podcast uh, about a week and a half ago, middle of, uh, it was like October 15th or something like that. And uh, it dominates. Absolutely blows back pocket out of the water. Like no joke. Like in terms Numbers of wise, seriously? engagement. Um, and part of it and a lot of it has to do with these two girls. They are phenomenal at personal branding. Like they've already put in a ton of work of like connecting with people and using social media as an avenue to like grow themselves. Um but we also helped t- like just put a bow on it and call it straight candid the straight candid podcast with Sid and Soph and it was really cool and it's it's been really cool to put in the work for someone else and see them flourish so that's what's taking a lot of the creative energy right now mm. and it's very fulfilling um it's an avenue that i think we can tap into with other people and grow their brands um and i'm looking at myself now sitting behind the camera behind the mic, not speaking and looking at who else does this. Who can I look up to? And the first name that comes to mind is Jimmy Iovine with uh, the guy who started Beats by Dre with Dr. Dre. Um, if you haven't seen the documentary, watch The Defiant Ones. It's on HBO. It's like a three, four part series, Defiant Ones. And it goes on Jimmy Iovine's story before he meets Dr. Dre. And he's a, a producer for music. Um, he was like cleaning the floors at a producing recording center and uh, John Lennon was in the studio and the lead engineer, music engineer couldn't make it. So uh, Jimmy Iovine steps up and absolutely optimizes the opportunity. And um, then he's starting to work with like Bruce Springsteen and Gwen Stefani and like he just blows up everyone. And I'm looking at him like, that's what I, I want to be. I don't, I've never wanted to be the guy in the front of the, in the front of the camera, like saying, look at me, this is back pocket. Uh, and talk about myself all the time. I love the podcast because I get to sit behind the microphone and just talk for an hour and, you know, learn about someone else's story. Um, but the Jimmy Iovine route is I can help someone else flourish and I can lift up someone's voice that might not have been able to do it without me. And that seems like a, like the, the ultimate dream. So that's taken up a lot of time and hopefully me on the ground here in Minneapolis, I can find other talent like that. Dude, that's unreal. And I think, you know, having Declan on the West Coast now, it's going to be easier for you guys to, you know, control that part of the back pocket instead of, yes, having to record episodes all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's super cool. I, kn- I didn't know the story behind that of, you know, the separate shows and this little network you're creating. It's super cool. Yeah. Is that the play? Is it like a network thing? Uh, say that again. My first question is like, is the, I'll back it up. So, 
what I talked about earlier when I prefaced this whole like conversation was you guys had this whole, you talked about silos, ideas of buckets for making the po- back pocket podcast sustainable. Cause it's no secret. You and Declan both want it, wanted it at least to be your full-time job. Right. So I was like, Declan, Declan, according to the episode you released today, still wants it to be your full, his full-time job. You still want it to be your full-time job. Has that vision for how you get there changed? I'm assuming. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that changes like every day. Yeah. Um, Declan and I suck at making money for the back pocket. Yeah. We, we don't, we're not good at it. We don't think about it. I never think about today. I sit down and like, today's a day we're going to make X, Y, and Z and pay, pay the bills on X, Y, and Z. I never think about that. And we talked about this on the podcast. It's, uh, it's difficult because we want to be, we want to take it full time, but we don't want to use it as a revenue stream. So we saw like it, that those things may never collide and so be it. But I do know that back pocket is the most fulfilling thing that I can be a part of. And the only thing I want to keep doing with back pocket are the things that make me happy. And right now I found this little entity and we may be pivoting left and right and doing all these different things all the time. And everyone's looking at it like, what the hell are you doing? But I have so much fun sitting in back pocket shoes and being like, how can I grow this brand? How can I make someone look at this and be like, damn, that's cool. I want to be a part of it. Damn, that's cool. How do I get on that show? Um, I want to come to the next event you host. Whatever it may be, I want that back pocket logo to sit at the top now. Like it's always been the podcast, back pocket podcast. I would love for back pocket to sit at the top and people be like the word back pocket. It means something. It has value. Um, You know, we always talk about being wildly average, um, turning the ordinary into extraordinary. Uh, and just following your passion and and just caring about it and sharing it with others. It's not art if it's in your basement. And we help, like, bring it out of people's basements, hopefully. Like, coming on the podcast and you sharing your story, I think you mentioned you're a little bit introverted at times. And, uh, yeah, it should be able to share your story. I thought it was the coolest thing walking away from that. And I've used your example of growth um, countless times. You and Between you and you're wearing the hat, Nolan Rockers, I talk about that whenever I have an opportunity to do any type of public speaking about back pocket and use examples of like why back pocket is so important to me. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome to hear. So the money, the money Avenue, like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, and I don't really care. Um, I have this thing with Caleb right now that could like skyrocket and could make me a healthy lump. Yeah. Um, If that doesn't work, that doesn't work. But right now I love being a part of Facebook ads and helping those companies, um, have small wins and sometimes big wins. And then it allows me to do back top back pocket as much as I want. Yeah. I think that's an interesting premise for me as I stare down, know what I want to do after I graduate. It's definitely that balance that I think you just like just talked about, which is find that balance between being able to make money and being able to do something that you're passionate about and something that fires you up. And obviously for you, you found that balance in a way that maybe people didn't think about. Like, you know, working on Facebook ads is something that you find fulfillment in, but where you find your most fulfillment is with the back pocket. And if you're just doing, if you're working on Facebook ads to make the money so that you can work on the back pocket, you've struck your balance basically. Exactly. And I don't think it always has to be like, oh, the back pocket is the thing that I'm super passionate about and is the thing that I make a ton of money in. And I know Jordan and I talk about, you know, like he's doing, I don't want to speak for you, Jordan, but like you're doing real estate videos and I, you like doing real estate videos. You get to be in videography. You get to be doing things that you like to be, that you enjoy doing a field that you'd like to be working in. But at the same time, you're, you got your head up and you're looking for opportunities like shooting football hype videos and and, and stuff like that, where you can start working in a field of sports where maybe you're a little bit more passionate about. And it's just like, 
you're hopping on vehicles, you're, you're hopping on momentum, different waves that take you in different directions to be able to be like, all right, you know, I got to pay the bills, but am I moving in the right, in, in the right direction? Yep. It's a, uh, it's a trial and error, ebbs and flows, strikes and gutters process. Like yeah. I talk about like this cool success we just recently have, um, but like f- a few weeks prior, a few months prior, Declan and I were sitting there like, fuck this. Yeah. This is exhausting. We're in separate locations. We don't get to see each other. We're, we text so many, so much during the day that it's exhausting to respond. And, uh, we, we need, we know we needed to find something, uh, that, you know, can rejuvenate the fuel of what back, why back pocket's important to us. And these straight Canada girls have provided it. There's our, there's our, another thing that back pocket's working on to hopefully bring the community together more so. Um, that's something that we can talk about off air. Uh, but right now, like I'm on the, I'm on the roots here in Minneapolis. And at first I was severely uncomfortable with that. Declan runs the show. You, and for me, my perspective is people see back pocket and they think Declan and Andrew. First name that comes to mind, I personally believe is Declan. He's the one that's on the face of, of, you know, most of the Instagram posts, most of the Instagram stories. He's the one doing the crazy things here and there that people are like questioning, like, why is he like, who's, what's he doing here? So it just kind of like stays in the people's mind longer than when I say something, um, a little bit more practical, I'd like to think, or a little bit more like, uh, I, he's going the funny comedic route, but I mean, granted, he's got a lot more, uh, intellect than I do from like the engineering standpoint. And I come at it from a whole new angle. But right now I'm here in the Twin Cities and it's my turn to connect with the people. And what I said uh, in a few podcasts ago is called a We Can See podcast, I think titled like 285. Yeah. Um, and what I was articulating there is not only do I have the opportunity to like uplift people's voices on this podcast, but I have the opportunity to like engage with them in their daily routines what I love doing is working out and trying to find a way to like optimize my human health. Um, so like there's this thing that happens, um, once every, on, uh, every Friday called breath house. And it's this group of guys that are, um, trying to like make their daily routine a little bit more healthier where they sit and they meditate. We do breath work and we hot tub and sauna. And I show up one, the first time. And there was four guys there that I had had on the podcast, all just like, just sitting there and they were these are the guys that are like in their mid-30s that I rarely get to see day to day but I reached out on a whim and say hey do you want to come on the show and hadn't seen like Mike Schwann of Bauhaus hadn't seen him in a year and a half but it feels like you know yesterday when the last time I sat down and talked with him releasing Bolo Seltzers Mm. Um, and then uh, Jason Coons is there who runs uh, Best Christmas Ever a charity and he also works for 3M he was there uh, and Dr. Matt Weist, the guy that runs Center Movement. And it's like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing. I have the, Now it's my turn to try my best to find these guys in their daily routine and go make my imprint on it so that they talk about Back Pocket the next time they're with someone about podcast industry or, you know, just branding in general. If, if I can get that in everyone's mouth when they first hear podcasts, when they first hear branding, and they're like, hey, you have ever checked out Back Pocket? They do a really good job. Then I'm doing something well. Do you think you're the best connected guy in Minneapolis? Um, I hope I'm like the Kaiser Sose of uh, the connections, meaning like I'm behind the the mirror. Like no, they don't really know me, but they know back pocket. Mm. Uh, I think that's the coolest thing of like I can reach into my my literal back pocket and 
find anyone and anyone who who can do something for you, me or you yeah. got to be like two or three degrees away from everyone in minnesota almost. i hope so it's wild dude paul allen if you're out there <laughs> i want to have you on the podcast yeah do you still have white whales like that i mean you guys have been doing it for so long i mean yeah, almost episode 300 we don't have white whales they, it comes in like waves of like who do we want to have on the show yeah um guys like that are still dominating the twin cities we want to have on like paul allen's up there um because if we can get bigger than k fan but I know yeah. I know we can do that. That's not like that's not a goal, but I know we can. Um, I've always said, and I told Ty this uh, when like when you were producing the sh- uh, the back pocket, we talked about this. Like I got five people that I look up to, and it changes all the time. But if like I'm if they see me and what I'm doing, would they look at me and be like, "That's worthwhile. Continue to do that." Um, and the guys that are up there, like I already mentioned it, Jimmy Iovine, mm-hmm. the Beastie Boys. I'm dressed like a Beastie Boy right now. Yeah, good Lord. Uh, Joe Rogan. And then there's like guys like Muhammad Ali that, you know, also a brash individual that stood for what he believed in um, and, and also could beat the living shit out of anyone. Uh, that I will never that's be a bonus. able to do. Yeah, that's just a bonus. Um, but those are like the things that I'm like, if I'm doing what I'm doing and they see that, would they be like, continue to do that? Um the Beastie Boys uh, is similar to that, that Muhammad Ali feel where it's, you know, don't be afraid to be yourself. Like, go out and be aggressively ironic. And if people look at it and like, hey, this guy is fucking weird. Yeah. Um, they're not right for you. But don't hide yourself. I, ha- I have this kick like hashtag be you. Just be you. And like things continue to gravitate more and more to yourself that you actually want to have around you. Friends, job opportunities, relationships. Um, and the more that you can be yourself in situations that make you uncomfortable, that's going to bring out like the coolest feelings. Um, whether it's just like challenging yourself and going into uh, a cold, cold water for 10 minutes and sitting in an iceberg of cold water and practicing your breath, challenging yourself that way or doing public speaking, sharing. I talked about this earlier, sharing your creative side. So many people get hesitant on putting their uh, creative side on social media. Um, That's one easy way to get vulnerable, not easy, but a a way to get vulnerable and be like, Hey, this is a cool thing I do. Um, I just want to share it with you guys. Um, So dude, that, yeah just a that's so relevant we've talked about it before like i've struggled big time with just putting myself out there especially creatively and you know when i started this weird creative journey i was like i wasn't going to put anything on social media because i didn't want people to think i was stupid for one you know leaving a finance major and degree behind and just diving into you know photo and video but two i was like honestly scared and nervous of what people would say which is so stupid. And now it's real. It's real. It's really real. And now I'm to the point where when I create something and put it out there for people to see, I get so like excited and giddy. Like it's, it's just a cool feeling. So yes, I think it's important to just do stuff that scares you one, but like, yeah, show your creative side to people. Yeah. It's and, important. And it, and it, it gravitated towards you. Like yeah. you posted it and the first couple of times were probably like, Oh shit. People are looking at me sideways yes. and then you built a community of people that follow it and they're like, Hey, you post something and people are like, attaboy way to continue to put out work. This seems like something you've never done before. Congratulations. looks like you'd uh, really tapped into something new here. Um, 
that's the coolest thing. I had an opportunity to talk to Mankato's marketing team about two weeks ago. And Declan and I sat down with them on Zoom, and there was probably 20 uh, students. And they're marketing, so they're looking for advice on how to network and do various things. Uh, networking was easy for us to talk about with the podcast, but it's not super tangible. How do they start a podcast and grow it to meet these new people? That's a difficult process. What we told them was exactly what I uh, just described. Find something in your daily routine that's creative, um, whether it's poetry, whether it's music, whether it's journaling um, or taking photos. Find something creative, and if you personally want to post it, market it to that industry, and that will help you learn marketing skills. You will find out people will appreciate what you're doing in that industry, whether it's any of those things I just talked about. Um, and if you personally don't want to start publishing that type of content, find something, find someone in that industry where you can publish content for them, like create content for them and publish it and find the voice of someone else. Uh, both routes are super uh, healthy and can help you like learn how it feels to, you know, get vulnerable and share things that uh, people may look at and be like, oh my God, you're really doing that? Um, so I hope, hopefully that like one tangible piece of advice stuck with them. I, I really tried to hammer that. That's point. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think Jordan and I talk a lot about, you know, we talk being creative professionals ourselves, like working in social media, working in video. It's obviously a little less of a hurdle for us to even create the content in the first place. Cause I think you're right for somebody who maybe isn't even a hyper creative person, like somebody who's not dealing with the day to day, like even sitting down and taking the direct energy to like write poetry or just to, you know, write long form, do graphic design. Like that might be hard if it's totally removing you from your, um, from your day to day. But like for Jordan and I, even for you, Andrew, you know, you're somebody who's creating on a regular basis. And I think there's huge pragmatic value. And then in, in using some of that creative energy for yourself. And we've talked about personal versus paid work and how much time to commit to that personal work. But I think like a real pragmatic tenant to what you just said is that you're going to start attracting people that are one like-minded or two, maybe willing to start paying you for what you're doing. Um, we talk a lot to hopefully the people that are listening are like creative professionals like Jordan and I are. And I think there's, there's real value in, in, like you said, marketing yourself. And so you not only can start surrounding yourself with people who are in your industry, but then you're bringing in new business, you're bringing in new clients. I think that's one part that really frustrates me with some circles of my friends where they see, you know, they like poke fun at me for being like a LinkedIn influencer, like it's stuff that I wouldn't proclaim myself, but they're like, you know, it's kind of like weird that you're, you're posting on that. It's like, you know, look, there's not only is it fulfilling for me, not only do I get my rocks off in a certain sense to be able to create stuff that I'm interested in, to be able to create stuff that I like to do, but also it's like, there's real value in it for me as a, somebody who's trying to make money in this area. And I think it's uh I think that's a message like what you just said is one that doesn't get told enough. And I think it's people don't realize how scary it is to do that sort of thing, but it's a real feel a real fear people have. And I think we need to do a better job validating that and say like, that's a valid fear, but here's what's on the other side of that. And here's why you actually need to face that down. Amen. And you know, being on the other side of that too, it's something as simple as commenting on someone's, you know, LinkedIn video and saying like, this mm -hmm. is awesome. Keep it up. Like when I, when you and Declan would always comment on like my first creative stuff as good or bad as it was. Right. And like just something simple like that would be like, okay, sweet. I'm going to keep doing this because one people enjoy it. And two, it's nice to hear some feedback. So like us being on the other side, it's important to, you know, when we see that just lift other people up because Dude, the value in that is, is so unreal. Like you unreal. probably know yeah. like getting messages 
I mean, you probably get that's what quite that's a, the fuel source of what I do. You probably get quite a few more messages now, like about the podcast and stuff like that. But you know, when Jordan and I get individual reach outs or like, I, I think I've just understood more and more in the last year the value of just being a nice person, but being a nice person with intention and and being genuine about it. Um, I think like of Nolan Rockers um, or I, like even uh, Ian Ian Deloney. Ian Deloney. Mm-hmm. I reached out to Ian. Uh, probably a month ago now. And there are a couple prints that he had um, posted on Instagram. I'm like, Hey, like, I'd love to, I love your work. I, you know, showered him with praise. He's a stud. And I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to buy these for, I want to support you. So I paid him like 30 bucks for a couple digital copies of prints and hung them up in my room because I love his work. I want to support him. And I think that good karma, I I really believe in that, that that good karma can come back around to you. Or I bought the hat that um, Jordan's wearing the opinion phonetic hat, um, bought that from Nolan. I'm like, Hey, look, like, I reached out to him after I bought it. I'm like, I want to support you. I want to, I want to help you out. Um, and I think there's another part of that of not like going up to Dolan and be like, Hey, could I get a free hat? But like, right. You know, look, he's a dude that's trying to make, do it, it. For, make it for real. Ian's yeah. a guy that's trying to make it for real. I'm not going to like try to bum some free prints off of him or something like that. I'm going to be like, Hey, I want to, I want to try to support you the best I can. And we'll let you know that you're doing a great job. And exactly. I think that's stuff that that's really overlooked. Give value, man. Yeah. I forget how good you are with your words, Todd. God, he's <laughs> Sometimes so I feel fluid. like I'm rambling. Prag- pragmatic. Sometimes. What does that mean? <laughs> pragmatic is just like something that you can go out and use. Like when you okay. say tactical, pragmatic, kind of the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. God. I forget. I try to be pragmatic when he in was, everything I when do. When he was sitting behind the, uh, <laughs> the mics for Back Pocket, he made me sound so foolish. <laughs> I would say something that was totally like un- like used incorrectly. I'm trying to like match his big words, <laughs> and, I'd use, and I'd say it in the wrong spot, and Ty go, Andrew, what'd you say? <laughs> and I'd say it, and then Ty would be like, that's not what Yeah, that but means. I have time to sit and snipe from behind the desk. You True. know, like I, have to, like I can think about what you guys are saying. You, you're out there. You got to fill time. You, gotta, you can't have any dead air. You got <sighs> to fill airspace. Funny. So I think it's really important. Yep. This is dead air. As I was saying that you can't have dead air, we just had. Sometimes a pause in a podcast is healthy. Yeah. I just want to give you guys mad props. I mean, what you guys do is awesome. It's, it's healthy. It gives you another opportunity to be creative and post something that you care about uh, on whatever social media, or even when you're just talking about it to a friend. Um, and maybe you bring you continue to bring on other friends like you had me on, yeah. uh, who's great friends with both of you guys. Um, it's just ref- it's refreshing to just sit talk. Now I like I'm rarely on the other side of the mics. It's good to like sit and talk about my story. Like I'm gonna walk away here a hell of a lot more energized because I was like, oh shit, like I have done a lot this year, uh, and I know that, but like sometimes I don't like articulate it and talk about it a ton. So yeah, no, it's, I mean Jordan, it's freaking therapy for the both of us. Like we can sit down. It's not only nice to be able to maybe rant and rave about things that we have going on, but then it's also great. I I don't think I do a good enough job at sitting down and having prolonged conversations, like you said, with people that I love to talk to, like Jordan, somebody who I look up to in the creative space. You're somebody that I look up to. And I don't think I do a good enough job just like reaching out and be like, hey, what's up? I think we're all kind of busy, head down, trying to get our day to day done, where it's nice to kind of take a step back, like you said, reflect on what we've done, but also just kind of sit down. And it's a great excuse for me twice a month to sit down and have these cool conversations about business, about being creative, about being creative professionals that I wouldn't otherwise have because I'm too focused on like doing it. Exactly. And one thing I'd like to share that has to do with um, giving value and not expecting anything in return. Um, 
is with Mark Dowdle and what he recently accomplished. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Dowdle is uh, Jordy and I's teammate, was Jordy and I's teammate at St. Thomas, a football player. And now he works for a company, Busy Coffee. He does sales for them. He is actually a velocity manager. I don't know what that means, but it sounds so sick. That's his title? That's his title. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Uh, But he also loves running, long distances, ultra marathon runner. Uh, Longest he's ever run is 50 miles. Uh, He comes to me at the beginning of the summer and says, hey, Andrew, I'm looking to um, do something special with running. I just did the calendar club in the month of May, which was every day of the week he's going to run that day. So on the first year in one mile, on the 10th year in 10. By the end of the month, he's running 20, 21, 22, 20, and he logged it all. Um, but he didn't feel like there was meaning or value to it. So he's like, I need to do another thing with that much um, intensity, but put it into something that is giving back to the community. Um, his best friend during football, Blake Weber, um, his mom had pancreatic cancer. And at the end of the summer, um, she lost her battle of three years uh, to pancreatic cancer and passed away in the middle of August. Um, they started a charity in her name a little bit prior, um, the Love Like Lori Legacy. So he knew he was going to run for Lori in the, in the beginning of the summer when he first came to me, but he didn't know it was going to mean this much. Um, he was original date was to run in, the, in August, but with what was going on with Lori, he pushed the date to October. And... His goal was to run from Duluth to St. Paul, which is 160 miles, and do it in 48 hours and host a virtual 5K in honor of Lori. And everyone post uh, Love Like Lori 5K. And then he had started a GoFundMe page, which they actually now have their um, charity like booked with the IRS, so they don't have to use GoFundMe. They can, um, you can actually donate to this charity. But at the time, it was for this charity, or for on a GoFundMe page. He also started an Unreal Clothing piece to it where he had you could buy a hat and a T-shirt and did all this by himself. And he messaged me, and we'd been talking about this, uh, and I, I just let him know, like, I'll do anything for you. Whatever you need, this is beautiful. I will do anything. And one of the days, he just texted me. This I think it was, like, middle of September. He's like, Andrew, I need you to drive the van. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what that means, but I'll drive the van. Uh, so for the for I think it was October 1st to the f- 3rd or something like that, it was a weekend, I drove the van um, from Duluth to St. Paul in increments of 13 miles to begin with, and he'd run, th- like at midnight, he'd run 13 miles, get to the van, I'd have a chair ready for him, and get him going. Um, this whole time, my, my thought process is uh, get Mark back to St. Paul. Get Mark back to St. Paul. While Blake is with us the whole time, I uh, have freshly losing his mom uh, two months prior to, to cancer. Um, Blake's dad are, shows up in the middle of the first day uh, and runs with Mark at times with two dogs. And I just thought it was like a really cool thing uh, that he's bringing this family together and, and helping share a memory. But it really wasn't hitting me yet because my I'm thinking like this is an intense race. I need to get him to St. Paul. 48 hours like he wants. My goal is to like break it down in increments that seem healthy, get all his nutrition in. Also share on social media, everything that's happening. So people like know what's going on with Mark and reposting all of the stuff that's happening with the virtual 5k, which ended up having like hundreds of people participate in. That was wild. It was wild. Um, we, we absolutely 
like destroy this 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 race. Like Mark ran 160 miles. He ends up doing it in 43 hours. There's many parts of it that I could share, but I figured we don't need to go all, all we don't need to go super in depth. And well, do I'm, it. I'm in the middle of the podcast right now that you guys have with Mark after the fact, Mark yes. and Austin, and it's a great listen. And I think it's really audio is a little wonky in some parts. I don't. It like cuts out at weird parts. Yeah, because Declan had the audio of a camera mm. hooked up and was pulling audio and he and he recorded it in a mono format mm. so he couldn't remove that so whenever someone talked or no whenever marcus switched to camera three yeah um that mic was activated or that camera was active the microphone's camera was activated got it fucked up all the audio it's that not- one's fucked up the audio <laughs> On like six of the last 15 podcasts and I've gotten, I'm like at the ends meet with him. If he does it one more time, I'm firing him from like setting up things and I'm going to learn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're going to learn it. I mean, that was our biggest hurdle yeah. I think of all time is like setting up the audio. But the, the podcast is really good and you don't podcast have to divulge, but I, I, I'll leave it at this note. This long, long winded story. Um, five miles left. We have this cool mom- moment in front of the state capitol, uh, the St. Paul in, in St. Paul. And, uh, Mark goes up and hugs Blake and, and John Blake's dad and just says, thank you. And, uh, it was just a really cool moment. I was standing off to the side. I kind of just observed it. And then I walked to the van. Uh, John walks over to his car and I just, and Blake and Mark were going to run the last five miles by them. Uh, those two. And this is 43 hours into the race. Everyone is exhausted. I've slept for two hours. Mark has slept for two hours. Um, and I, I turn over to John. I say, hey, you just want to follow me? And John looks at me, and he's crying, uh, just like f- full-on crying. Um, and I, it hit me like a ton of bricks, just like how cool of a moment, how impactful of, a, of an event that Mark put together, and how sharing this memory, how John was able to share this memory with his son um, and Mark and I, probably one of the first like happy memories he's been able to capture since losing his wife it hit me like a ton of bricks i break down i start crying i walk up to him give him a huge hug and when then i jump in the van and we drive back and there's a, a good amount of people sitting at the st thomas football field waiting for mark to get there i organize them all and like it was the coolest thing to to know that i was able to help um, in some way or another, whether it's driving the van, making sure Mark's nutrition is there, posting on social media, whatever it is, I was able to help make everyone feel comfortable so that Mark could focus 100% on doing his thing and John and Blake could want to focus on 100% of like and cherishing the moment. Yeah. Like I was the fucking uh, ch- janitor, charity, like behind the scenes, like just making things even keel so no one had to worry about anything. And everyone else was able to like stay in the moment. And I was able to sit back and be like, this is the most impactful thing I've ever been a part of. There does not need to be money attached to something to make you feel like you're a million dollars. This thing will last a lifetime. I will never forget what I was able to do for those 48 hours and just to be a guy driving the van. So if there's a thing that you can, it does not need to be that grandiose, but there's so many things that if you just say yes to, you will put, you'll find yourself in a position of like, fuck, I am winning and I'm able to help someone else win, this is beautiful. Uh, it was the coolest thing. I'm riding that high still. Uh, Mark and I still text like every single day, like the energy we still have from doing something like that. Uh, it's just really cool. And 
I want to continue to share that story to love like Lori and what Mark Dowd was able to do as much as possible. I, I, I freaking love that. And I, I love the, the way you closed it up. And I think you wrapped it up really well here that like what, what you're doing, it doesn't have to have money attached to it to be worth a million dollars, I think is awesome. And I think, uh, I was going to say something else at the end, but I think I'm just going to fuck it up. So, um, I'm going to say, so a week after you guys got back, so let me rewind. A week before you guys left, Mark had texted me. He's like, hey, I want to make this video. Um, we didn't know a whole lot about it. Like I, you know, some ideas in mind, what I wanted to do. And we were supposed to go shoot this stuff. And I looked outside and it's like raining. So I text him like, hey, dude, I want this to look really cool. So I think we should postpone. And the run was that weekend. So I'm like, I wanted to, in my head, I wanted to make it like a promo for this run that was coming up. Like, why Mark loves running. Why is he so crazy in his head that he wants to run 160 miles? Um, long story short, we didn't shoot that day, waited a week till he got back. And I pitched him this whole video idea. And quite honestly, he just, he turned it down and said, no, dude, I, I want this to be like a tribute to the Lori and the run that we did that day. Like the impact that we had. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so much better than my idea. That was stupid. <laughs> so we go out and we just shoot a bunch of stuff. He um, showed me the spot where he wrote the poem that he shared in the back pocket. And yep. he's like, he's like, I want this video to, you know, have this poem overlaid, you know, with shots of me running. And I told him the idea of I want, you know, to splice in pictures and videos from the day that you had taken. So he shared with me that OneDrive folder, finished the video yesterday. Oh, sweet. Sent it to Mark. He responded at like 1 a.m. this morning, said he loved it. Um, there might be a couple things we're going to tweak, but that's breaking news. It's going to be out soon. Let's go. It's, just exciting. A, it's a cool little tribute um, to, of course, Lori and what you guys did that day, which yes. was freaking awesome. Sweet, man. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Oh, it's too cool. The, the What we put ourselves into every day, say yes to something that makes you uncomfortable and you'll find value. I agree. I just love, I think my favorite part of all of that is, I mean, you guys are obviously teammates. Um, I think from my perspective, like Andrew, you've been great in kind of exposing me as a transplant to Minneapolis to the network that's here. Um, and I think I, I only have you to thank for sort of being able to feel like I'm so tapped in to such a cool city and feel like I'm so a part of it. Uh, and I think that's only from saying yes to so many things and only from you pushing me and Jordan, you pushing me. And like, when, once you get around types of people like, like you two, I, I think it becomes really easy to be able to keep saying yes and to be able to keep finding yourselves in really cool situations where you can grow and where you can feel more connected to other people and to a city. And I think it's freaking awesome and it always fires me up. And so like conversations like these just always jazz me. Let's go. Let's <laughs> one go. thing that's on, I just got one more thing to say because we spent four years on the football team together and like we were friends, but we just, we never pushed each other creatively, I guess. No, then, not really. You the last maybe year we could be him closer being on the yeah. same position, but yeah, and creatively. It was, I remember when you and Declan started the back pocket and one memory I have vividly is we were doing a, like an elevator. It was, it was the, one of the business days that we had in football Oh yeah, yeah. and you guys went up there and did your elevator pitch and just, you did a whole back pocket pitch <laughs> the whole time. And I was like, this is unreal. Like these guys just, they don't give a shit. Like they're just promoting their podcast, like to us, like what, what's going on? Yep. And then you guys were just throwing out content. I'm like, that's so cool. But in my head, I was like, I will never do that just cause I, I don't have the confidence. And now we're at this point where we're all pushing each other creatively and it's just, 
it's so cool to see how we've grown. We've gotten closer since we were on the football team, which is unreal to think because we were together every day. Right. But yeah, it's so cool. God. And that's why like sharing that with the Mankato marketing team and even like pushing myself internally, being creative. uh, There's something to it that I don't quite understand um, from like a philosophical level, but it is the, it's the cream, creme de la creme. It's the top If it's the top of the thing. Like if yeah. I have, my end goal is be as, be creative, just be a creative. Yeah. There's so many things underneath that, but it all falls under being creative. And, uh, there's something there that I'm going to continue to push myself in being a beastie boy, doing a Jimmy Iving thing, um, attacking it as Andrew and Sarah and Andy adds and being myself. Uh, there's something there and I'm not going to stop and I will find whatever is next through that. For sure. I mean, not to break out psychology one-on-one on you, but it's totally the, like the pyramid of basic needs is like the top is self-actualization where and I think creativity helps you reach that. And like when you talk about like being a BC boy, being, you know, being Jimmy, what is his name? Jimmy Iveen. Iveen. Yeah. That's you becoming who you think you truly are. And that's kind of you like molding into this. And I think creativity is just the, the vehicle, you know, being a podcaster, being a producer is just the vehicle to, to get you there and just to get you to the top of that pyramid. Everything mm-hmm. is awesome. So we all strive for. Yes, sir. Okay. I think we're going to wrap it up there. Okay. If, if you're okay with that. Sweet. No final questions? No. <laughs> Jordan? <laughs> I didn't know if, you know, you hit me. I had a like couple a, more, but I think we basically question. covered it. Okay. Sweet. I think so. I mean, we didn't really have anything to cover when we came into this, so no. we were just kind of looking to catch up and chat. I, I think it was really good. It was I'll electric. Thanks I for think coming so, on. too. My pleasure. You yeah. guys are awesome. I appreciate it. Swipe up. Swipe up. Go, go, uh, go check out the back pocket. I recommend, I think the episode, I have not finished with the episode that you guys released today, but I think it's interesting, like back pocket behind the scenes stuff, which I'm always kind of a nerd for expanding West coast, expanding West coast. And then the, uh, the Mark, uh, Waddle thing, Mark Dowdle, Mark Dowdle, Dowdle, idiot. Uh, the Mark Dowdle thing story is pretty incredible. And that podcast is a great story. So go check those out, but you guys have a bunch. So find one that you like and enjoy. Go follow me and Jordan on LinkedIn. And on Instagram, follow us there too because we're going to be posting some sweet graphics that Jordan made recently of Andrew's face. Sweet. Hey, don't, and don't be afraid to follow me on Twitter at Average Andy. I'm a good follow. Yeah, I do love your Twitter. You're just plugging the Twitter honest. now or just no just, more? Just my Twitter. Just the Twitter. Okay. If I, can, I need my Twitter to skyrocket. Everyone send them to Twitter. Okay. At, at Average Andy. Amber, I can't believe you got – that's pretty good at. Mm-hmm. Good for you. All sweet. right. See you guys next week. That's a wrap.